Hello, and welcome to Fintech Surge Podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities through fintech innovations in the Middle East for the Middle East. Powered by Fintech Surge, the region's leading fintech festival, hosted by Dubai World Trade Center, alongside Jitex Global. I'm excited to be joined today by Alexander Yavorsky. Did I say that correct, Alexander? Yep, yep, Yav- totally. All right. Perfect. Uh, from Deep Knowledge Group. Uh, thank you for joining us, Alexander. Yeah, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here. <laughs> Alexander, uh, from what I understand, you're actually a mathematician with a pharma background, and you're focusing on leveraging big data and machine learning to create predictive analytics and database market insights. How did you go from mathematician to pharma background to big data and machine learning? Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of uh, kind of a variety. Um, so um, on my side, I was always interested in something related to modeling, and basically, pharma, you know, it allows you to model as much as you as you probably can. So mm-hmm. computational biology, it's and computational chemistry, it's definitely a hot topic right now. So this was my uh, previous experience, and yeah, yeah, totally right. Uh, right now, I'm working at DKG and try to implement, you know, up-to-date, uh, you know, machine learning pipelines in order to provide different sets of analytics, uh, predictive analytics included, for different types of investors. Um, our main focus, I think, it's uh, private equity. Uh, you know, compared to many other companies that try to focus on public equity, we've we've decided to choose, um, you know, another way here and you know provide something valuable for the market that's amazing that's a that's a pretty impressive journey that you took to get from uh to pharma to uh to fintech i guess <laughs> that, that, that's, so, that they're definitely quite alike yeah honest. absolutely and so you know i think that you would have a very interesting perspective to the question that we asked to all of the the guests on our podcast in your own words you know what does fintech actually mean to you so I think it might be a rather a long description, so to speak, but I'll try to make it as short as possible. For me personally, fintech is probably all you know tech things is a way to optimize an existing way of doing things, right? So this the same we have in pharma, why we're doing computational things, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, and some people tend to underestimate, um, you know, optimization significance, and uh, they tend to look for some sort of abstract disruption. You know, that it's it's a catchy word right now, disruption here, disruption there. Yet they they, they need to understand that disruption itself uh, is always related to the optimization. Uh, at the same time, you know, operation of many other enhancements that we can do that allow us to reimagine the existing workflow basically and provide right means to you know launch disruptive products themselves and given that you know finance right now and not only right now but basically throughout the history of you know, uh, you know human beings the, the, the finance is omnipresent and fintech itself is not about like only financial technologies only in fact it's about the way we you know live our lives and there are some interesting examples of such intersections in the you know, longevity journal, for example, that we published recently, uh, which shows basically how, how deep the roots of the fintech can basically go. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- this is for the fintech on my side. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that uh, and it's clear that you have a, a, a deep understanding of fintech and all, all the, the components that go into it. So so kind of, you know, in layman's terms, you know, what is your role at the at Deep Knowledge Group? How do they get the most value out of you? Mm, yeah, so um, <laughs> I govern technological development, so to speak, of IT products and projects within the consortium. Um, in addition, I manage resource and analytical work at the DKG subsidiaries called the Invasec Advanced Solutions. So basically, I started as an investment analyst, right, because of my pharma experience and I, you know, made a deep dive into pharma and these type of things. And then I realized that I can bring more um, to the company while leveraging uh, certain, uh, you know, ML-based solutions. And uh, definitely, we already had some some developments before I joined, and uh, you know, I've just uh, stepped into the to the streamline. Yeah, that's great. And so, so obviously, you had a, a a pretty big interest in big data and machine learning uh, from your background. How did you choose to to use big data and machine learning? to fit into fintech? The first time I was involved in machine learning um, was during my master's program. So uh, I specialize in dynamic of system. And then when you're starting how certain systems evolve, financial system or any other systems, biological, you can see that some of them have specific you know, evolution patterns, yet some others tend to be evolved like, almost chaotically. This brought me to the question whether we can, you know, train an algorithm to predict the evolution of the system. And in fact, we can. And this was like my first time I met machine learning in person, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah. And when I, when I joined Deep Knowledge Group, um, it was like 18 months ago or something. At that time, we like, as I mentioned before, we already had some developments in this area. And part of my work is to enhance and research developments and approaches. And the reason we have decided to, um, you know, use machine learning itself is because, you know, some some of the people, they tend to see machine learning is quite a, what, what do you say, a, a data greedy approach, you know, for analytics, because you, you need a lot of data, you need a lot of information, of and that, that's why big data, right? Mm-hmm. But and, and this this is true, but sometimes people tend to tend to meet this simple fact about ML that uh, it basically can allow you to overcome data scarcity, uh, you know, in many cases. And this is the case we explore actively at DKG, as, as I've mentioned before, we try to implement uh, machine learning for uh, assessment of uh, the areas of the financial you know, industry itself and you know, investment industry where the data scarcity level is really high. So th- this, is, uh, right. this is the key we try to, you know, you know, try to formulate for the industry itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you touched on the big point is that you know, uh, about you know, five or 10 years ago was the, the age of the data, right? I mean, data was really like currency. The more data you could collect, you know, the, the better it would be. And then I think we got to a point where, you know, we needed people kind of like you that, now, now what do we do with all this data? Um, you know, what can we actually learn from it? What can we build with it? What, how can we actually use this data to, to, to make progress and to, uh, to improve the world and to, you know, improve people's experiences with our products? And, um, and I think that that's really where machine learning came from, you know, is that we, we had all this data and we figured, well, what can we use this for? And I, I think that's whenever machine learning really started to kind of take off and realize, well, the more data you can feed into this machine, the more it can learn and the bigger things it can push up. Yeah. So basically I think, uh, 
a big a big relief was when we we understood that uh so so yeah it's 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 right that you know like 20 years ago something we we were about the data itself and we tried to gather as much data as possible but we we clearly understood at the time that uh, there is no way we can leverage, you know, already existing solutions to analyze the, these these amounts of data, right? We cannot mm -hmm. derive any meaning. And yeah, the, this this was a big relief when we understood that uh, applying at that time comparatively, you know, simple uh, mathematical approaches, we can basically get, you know, uh, excellent data-driven insights. So yeah, th th this is definitely definitely the key. And many people tend to see, uh, on the other hand, like uh, machine learning is answer to all of our questions uh, it's, it's definitely not 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 the case but uh, it, it's it's true that for for certain aspects you know of um, our you know society development you cannot go you cannot move further without ml at all absolutely and, and it's, it's such a big big thing that uh, you know i think that not everybody completely wraps their mind around you know how big of a uh, a thing that machine learning really is and how many things can come out of you know what a machine can learn and, and one of the things that you know we talk about that uh, the, the fintech search podcast and what is going to be really uh, put on display at the fintech search event in october at the dubai world trade center is you know this uh, this concept of ai financial advice you know where you're basically getting robo advice um basically machine learning to give you you know, advice on how to manage your wealth. You know, do you have a lot of experience with this or how, how have you seen the market's response to uh, AI financial advice? Yeah, so I believe that, uh, it, it, you know, the, the, the question that you ask, it highly depends on the definitions that we use. So basically, what do we understand, you know, by, uh, you know, ML-based advisory or ML-based wealth management? Uh, because it's just a brief example. So, um, if um, uh, I run a absolutely classical hedge fund, for example, right, and mm -hmm. some of my quanta analysts use in only one particular case uh, some specific machine learning approach, for example, for you know in order to cluster some companies, is is it is it AI is my you know hedge fund an AI driven hedge fund or not? You know? mm -hmm. So th this is the question. So if uh, but even if we say so, there are many other examples where we tend to use uh you know machine you know machine sourced uh advices on how to manage our money and we you know it's it's a great topic here the democratization of the investments so uh, a lot of people right now tend to invest their money uh in stocks you know any other equity angel investors and so on and so forth and most of those people, they are not financial specialists themselves, mm -hmm. right? So they need to use some sort of advice from someone, uh, you know, in order to understand how to allocate money. And this is true when you, you know, open any website, you, you can find, you know, different types of metrics that of were computed, right? Computed and formulated based on the machine learning, right? Mm -hmm. Different approaches of machine learning and artificial intelligence in general. So I think uh, it's already the case that we are, you know, living in the era where uh, investments, finance are already driven by uh, machine learning uh, solutions. Sure. The other question here is whether it is, you know, whether it's possible to be, um, you know, 
to rely on such solutions in uh, you know all of the cases uh, we have right now in finance and economy. And I think it's uh, I recently had a um, a um, sort of a webinar too, and um, I was talking about the alternative data. And during the discussion, the the kind of kind of the same question was asked, and uh, I said that um, until we uh, you know, until we teach machines how to be creative, we cannot mm. learn them fully, you know. So it's sure. definitely the case that, you know, machine learning, it's a part of, you know, our current finance world. But I don't see machine learning being, you know, substituting all of us from the finance okay. in the next 10 <laughs> or 15 years. Yeah, and that, that was going to be my next question. Uh, would you trust a machine who has you know, had all this data and knows how to analyze data? Because you know, I think we, we can all agree that machines can you know, process and analyze and data way way faster and a lot more data than you know your average human can or any human can for that matter. You know, so I was going to ask, you know, would you trust the machine to give you uh, kind of what? what it predicts the trends are going to be in the financial markets and would you invest based on the machine's uh, suggestions? Yes, so basically once again definition so if we if we think about you know our current current state uh, let's imagine some 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 analyst who's working with excel right mm -hmm. and uses a specific formula in excel embedded in excel right so are we like 100% sure that this formula is correct? I mean, I mean we, right. we, yes. we, we really hope that <laughs> it's correct, right? But no one tests it manually, right? Sure. So, uh, and this is, this is the case basically. So I do believe that uh, people will rely on machine learning more and more in the future, not only because it's about like uh, leveraging big data, rather because machine learning itself, it's great in one uh, very important thing. It can uh, basically show you the hidden dependencies, something that you cannot think of before you saw the, you know, the, the, let's, let's put it the simple way, the correlation, right? So, uh, and th this, this is a great thing about machine learning. And I do believe, yes, that yes, we will rely on ML Further. And once again, because of democratization of investments, and once again, because machine learning is a great tool uh, that can basically give you not, not, not an advice, but rather a tip, you know, uh, mm -hmm. where you should head. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, that's actually brings me to my next question is that, you know, if we do, let's say, get rid of financial advisors, get rid of the, the human aspect of it, which I'm not quite sure that everybody would want to, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes we do prefer, you know, sitting down and having a conversation with someone that understands our needs, even though we can tell a machine what our needs are. It's always great to have someone that understands us from a human point of view. Um, but if, you know, let's say we were to to migrate towards a, a society where, you know, robots and machines are going to tell us, you know, what is the best financial advice that they can give us, you know, wouldn't that mean basically everybody is getting the same financial advice? Uh, if I'm sitting here in Dubai, somebody else in Hong Kong, somebody else in New York, and all of the machines that are giving them advice are using the same data, you know, would, wouldn't we all be receiving the same advice, in which case that advice would be actually, you know, kind of null? Yep. So um, that's true. That, that, that it might be uh, the case if we, if we think a little bit uh, that 
if 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 all of us would use the same advice, then you know there is no uh, no earnings, right? No benefit mm -hmm. because you know if if you want to use some investment strategy, you know. Uh, the strategy itself should be a little bit strange. If, sure. If, let's put it this way, right? You so need to bet against in, somebody, in obvious, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but here uh, I would rather draw an an, an example. So l l l let's imagine we are we're talking about people who drive to work, you know, every day, mm -hmm. and all of us, let's say, or most of us, tend to rely on the public transportation, right? But it's not yeah. the case that we arrive at the same place because we have different jobs, right? And that oh, basically yeah. doesn't mean that we arrive, you know, at the same time, you know, or sp spending the same amount of time. And this is the case for investments too, because uh, when we think about the, you know, um, advice, uh, and you're totally right, we are people, but we we all different because of that. And mm -hmm. me as as a human, as you know, as potential investor, I have my own needs, you know, and you have your own. And this will imply that we will have two different advices. At the same right. time, if we're thinking about the machine learning itself, it's like a machine, you know, not all of us tend to buy Ford or Tesla, you know, we mm -hmm. tend to have, you know, our own aspirations, our own, you know, things that we like, don't like, colors, you know, all this right. stuff. And this is the case for machine learning. It's not like, you sure. know, you have one algorithm that is perfect and and you use it. It's it's definitely not the case. We we try to develop new and new uh, algorithms every day, and I I'm I'm not sure that uh, we basically will end up in any situation like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you make a, a great point to, with the example that you gave because you know there are financial advisors all over the world. Objectively, they should have access to the same information as each other. But still, they're going to give different advice to, to their clients, right? Um, even two clients with the same amount of savings, the same amount of earnings, same objectives, depending on who their financial advisor is, they're going to get different advice from yeah. two different people that you know you would expect to have the same exact perspective and the same exact information. But you know, yep. because they are people, because there is a, an emotional aspect to it, because you know, th there's a lot of, as you mentioned before. Um, you know dependencies that that drive a decision yes it it, it is going to be different advice and, and that's sort of the reason why there are earnings in the market because you know it has to be somebody betting that this will go down somebody else betting that it's going to go up and you know one of them will win and one of them will not in this particular case yeah and it, and it definitely make a good point because if it, if it did come down to basically all of the machines using the same calculations using the same amount of data they would all recommend investing into the same tools, in which case that one tool would just skyrocket until it crashed, right? Uh, it wouldn't be yep. it wouldn't be great for the investors. It wouldn't be great for the market. It wouldn't even be great for that uh, that one particular fund because as soon as the the machine decides, okay, well this is the new one to go with, then whichever one that they were investing in before is all of a sudden going to crash, and nobody would want to invest into that because the machine has told it not to. Yep. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know one question I've been you know kind of dying to ask since we started is machine learning the the new AI or are we not calling it AI anymore? Is it just machine learning is the new word for it? Yeah. So basically, I tend to you know I tend to follow the the following uh, definitions and descriptions. So basically, when we think about the AI, so uh, we can think of you know um, I had a conversation with one of the 
uh, machine learning experts uh, this morning, and we've discussed almost the same thing, but related to a little bit other area. And uh, yes, yeah, so he mentioned that you know, 10 to 20 years ago, you know, Excel uh, might be looking at AI for, for for the people because basically what it does, basically a sort of a machine that uh, you know do some creative or help creative work for you, right? So um, if we're thinking about uh, artificial intelligence in general, it's sort of a way to produce certain answers to the questions that cannot be answered uh, by any other algorithms uh, that do not require that much data. You know what I mean? So, uh, but the part of this approach is where you do not know the rules and you try to find them. You only have like the input and output and you do not know how to, you know, what brings what rule brings the input to the output and this is basically right. the machine learning yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's basically a part of the um a, a part of the artificial intelligence but yeah something like that <laughs> okay yeah that makes sense that was a, a great explanation that you just gave and um so so i guess uh you know we've discussed a little bit about ai or machine learning we're not probably replace financial advisors but they'll help financial advisors right yeah and so, you know, how do you think wealth advisory will look in the next 10 or 15 years? Is there going to be more financial advisors because they, now they'll have the, the use of this machine learning, which will grant them better access? Or there'll be less financial advisors because, you know, more consumers will have, you know, day-to-day access to machine learnings? Um, you know, will it be completely wiped off the map? So h- how do you see wealth advisory you know, evolving in the next 10 or 15 years, especially considering how fast you know it has become what it is today yeah so basically there are two aspects i want to cover you know according to your question so first i think as i mentioned before right so we will rely on ai based solutions more in the future and i believe that ml driven system will still be part of public equity area only so if you're talking about financial advisor there you know some some of them advise in public equity mm-hmm. some of them in private equity so yeah so i think uh, machine learning as it is now will start stop be part of the public equity area and move into private equity markets actively and uh, th- this this is the part of our pipeline too right to bring such solutions for vcs angels investors and so on and i presume that in uh, you know 10 15 years here probably uh, we will be able to use more uh, micro investments, ML-based solutions, you know, democratizing the investment process even further. Because I think this is the case. This is the case why we use ML, you know, uh, in in its variety right now. It's not like something, you know, corner case where someone uses some ML. You know, at, this is because you know the democratization. And in addition, I see certain changes in the working environment. In fact, so you've mentioned about. You know, people losing their jobs because of their mail uh, and so on and so forth. I, I don't think this will be the case because we are the people who create in machine learning, at least as of <laughs> now, you know, it's not like the code writes the code. Uh, yeah, but I believe that certain ML proficiency will become an, you know, an omnipresent requirement in most of the, you know, wealth or investments, uh, you know, in collateral areas. Uh, as it is, for example, understanding of what is convertible notes is is now right. So we we, we you, you cannot be a financial advisor without this, right? And uh, uh-huh. in the future, it it will be like a requirement. Okay, you need to have certain proficiency in you know clustering stuff or you know predictions and so on and so forth based on ML, just to just to fit the the current agenda, so to speak. 
Okay, great. I mean, look, I honestly, I appreciate the, the call. I think that this has been a, a super insightful conversation. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, we, we do have a lot of discussions on fintech and, and sometimes, you know, the real, uh, you know, the real interest tends to be in payments, you know, pay tech, uh, especially everybody is familiar with, you know, cashless payments, uh, with click to pay, with uh, buy now, pay later is becoming, you know, super popular these days. Um, of course, everybody has their eye on paying with cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, every other day there's a new real estate agencies that are accepting cryptocurrency, new car dealerships that are accepting cryptocurrency. And so, you know, it is really refreshing to have a conversation about, well, what about wealth tech? You know, wealth tech is, is something that, you know, really, you know, sets the path for all of us for the future. And, you know, there, there's a lot of great things that are happening that, uh, you know, I think that if we just keep an eye out on it, then, um, you know, we'll all be able to take advantage of this new technology. Yep, for sure. So um, as, 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 as you mentioned correctly about the, you know, the wealth tech itself, I do see that, um, you, you know, we can we cannot treat wealth tech and, you know, as just the way to apply machine learning, you know, to the wealth management or something like that. It's definitely not the case here mm-hmm. because uh, if we, it's, it's not even the case for investments, but for wealth tech and uh, fintech, it's definitely not the case. Here, we definitely need to bring to the discussion what is called Web3, uh, right? Uh, so right. we need to think about the blockchain. We need to think about decentralized uh, currencies and so on and so forth. But here is the thing once again: if we think about like decentralized, you know, uh, currencies like, you know, the 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 uh, or NFTs, for example, right? It's 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 the the market. It's 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 the market itself. And uh, the way we tend to manage our assets right now. It's more, uh, it's more on the human side, I would say, right? So we decide on our own whether or not to invest in a given uh, NFT thing or whether or not, to, you know, how to manage our digital assets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I do believe, yeah, that in, uh, you know, in, in future and in the near future, it will be, it, it will become a little bit more automated, I would say, uh, meaning that uh, we will see the, 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 the rise of more, uh, you know, startups and company that provide you with half automated, semi-automated ways to, uh, you know, invest your money and, you know, receive certain uh, certain earnings, you know, you know, month by month. And I, if we would imagine that, uh, you know, such investments is the micro investments that I mentioned before, such investments, it won't be definitely like millions and millions from every person, right? It's it's about like some sm- small amounts of money. And you definitely do not want to, you know, uh, uh, put an analyst to manage, you know, 200 bucks of mess investment, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would rather optimize it somehow, you know, put it in a bigger jar, for example, and as one way to go. But let's imagine you cannot do that because because of the compliance or because of the, you know, specific requirements from this client, client right? In this case, you still want the money, but you cannot cannot <laughs> apply analysts because it will take too much time. And this is where, once again, you know, automated uh, investment solutions, automated manage wealth management can be can can be the answer to this question. And basically, it will definitely uh, it will be based on the ML slash AI system. Yep, absolutely. Well, well, thank you for joining us, Alexander. Um, 
as as I mentioned, it was, it was really insightful, and I appreciate you know all that you shared with us about uh, machine learning, AI, and and wealth tech. And uh, you know, hopefully, we, we get to to have a chat soon. As you know, that we're we're putting on the fintech surge festival in uh, October two thousand. 22 from the 10th to the 13th at the Dubai World Trade Center. And, and hopefully uh, you and some of the team from Deep Knowledge Group can can come out and, and have a chat with us and, and get to see a lot of the innovations that I think that you would fit right along with. Yeah, I think it would be, uh, you know, mutual, uh, mutual side beneficial thing that yeah. uh, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy. Great, great. Well, uh, have a good day. Um, I know that it's uh, kind of the towards the weekend for you, so I hope you have good plans for the weekend and you're able to relax a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for all the latest updates on FinTech in the Middle East and join the conversation over on our social channels. We look forward to seeing you at FinTech Surge in the Dubai World Trade Center from October 10th to October 13th. I'm Stephen Bess, and this has been the FinTech Surge Podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities.